Welcome to the SoCal Bike PT Podcast, where we talk bikes, physical therapy, and everything in between. I'm your host, Tim Wu. The SoCal Bike PT Podcast is powered by InCycle Bicycles. For high quality bikes, parts, service, and accessories, InCycle is the one-stop shop for all things bike-related. With four convenient locations in Southern California, including Chino, Ranch Cucamonga, San Dimas, and Pasadena, there's an InCycle nearby, so you can get out and enjoy the ride. For the latest updates on new products, events, and rides, visit InCycle.com or follow them on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter today. Okay, welcome back to SoCal Bike PT Podcast episode four. Let's get this started with today's call up for the race. My next guest originally started racing at six years old, uh, doing BMX in Houston, Texas. He moved to California at 16 and began racing road at 17, where he quickly established himself as one of the local bros who can rip it on literally every ride, eventually progressing from the original SC Velo U23 team back in the day to now coming off his last season with Silence Pro Cycling. With 2018 here, he is now one of the founders of the new Los Angeles Bicycle Club. Welcome to the starting line, Hunter Grove. What's up, brother? Welcome. Uh, thank you. Thanks for having me. Nice. So, first attack questions for our race today. What was the last ride you did? Uh, this morning with Tim, we uh, ascended Baldy. We met up at the corner by Euro, and I conned him into going to Ice House. So, yeah. good morning. Uh, yeah. Um, usually, I like to have a good conversation on the bike before we do this. Riding a Baldy, I was kind of out of breath. But that was fun. It's always nice to go up to the you're, top you're there. You're half-wheeling me the halfway, though. Yeah, I have to half-wheel <laughs> everyone. you got to you know, assert that ability um more importantly what bike were you on um i'm on a camdale synapse at the moment oh it's it's a sweet bike i gotta say i'm a bit jealous what's uh what's your favorite part about the new synapse uh i love how large the tires it'll take i can put up to 32s on it so i can take it anywhere yeah i mean i've got the original cad 12 and i like that you can run disc but you know i can only run like maybe like a 28 on that mm. sometimes i want to hit a trail on it so oh no doubt stoked on the new synapse i saw you taking in the dirt a little bit mm -hmm. that's pretty fun uh, then uh, when you're done, what'd you eat or drink afterwards? Uh, I had a protein shake. I had a banana and a handful of uh, sweetened papaya. Oh, is that what that was? Uh -huh. Oh, okay. Because you brought that here and you're eating it. I see. Yep. I had uh, sweet potatoes, an avocado, and some pineapple. So we're on that superfood diet. Yep. <laughs> awesome. So first attacks out of the way. Um, I think we put someone in the break, right? Hopefully you yep. made it in. You, you got to. You got to. You got Absolutely, to. we got it in the break. So um, join it or shut it down. True. So you're in joining this one? Oh, I'm 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 committed. Sick. Committed to the day. All right. So now we're here. I want to get down to the nitty gritty. What's the Los Angeles Bicycle Club, man? Tell me about it. Um. So myself and uh, Justin Williams and Scott Moore, owner of uh, Angels Creative Clothing Company, we kind of like dreamed up this concept of having a team that is potentially like self-sustaining in the future. Right. And we've all raced for uh, multiple corporate sponsors who have gone big and been on board for a couple of years of and then after that they just kind of pull out and we're we're left kind of trying to grab whatever we can right so which is more the traditional model of how these teams are run so what's kind of the goal for this year um well the team kind of the it was all birthed in december so it was very 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 young still um we fortunately were able to get a roster of nine riders nice um we're hoping to race like a pretty crit dominant schedule with Redlands and um, 
just trying to terrorize everybody and then look as good as we can along the way. Nice. And that's the full Big Boy Red Lens. Yes. That's the Red Lens yeah, Classic. The classic stage race. Oh, that's going to be so awesome. Yeah. So, so nine guys, right? Correct. Who's the nine? Let's make sure we get all these guys on here because right. this is a good crew. I love all these bros. Let's see. And we also plan to target select uh, gravel events like Belgian Waffle Ride. Oh, of course. And stuff like that. Well, Synapse would be great for that. Perfect. Oh, that's the perfect bike for that. Synapse Disc. Can't beat it. Oh, yeah. All, All right. right. So who's, who, who, who are we taking the races and looking fine while you do it? All right. So Justin Williams, Oof. the judge. Yeah, the judge. And then you have Orlando, Gardy Bay, Oakland nice. Cinco. Oh, yeah. Always a hitter. Myself. I like Hunter. Yeah. Yeah. Cool guy. <laughs> uh, Sean McElroy from Ooh. Palmdale. Oh, yeah. Young, mega talented. Uh, Jason Paez, definitely an up-and-comer. Love you, Jason. Jason Cianfraca, up-and-comer also. Um, James Hillier, one of the younger guys, giving him an opportunity. Um, Nate Lebecki from Orange County. Nice. And uh, Diego Benetena, um, who's also one of our sponsors with Sox Base Cartel. Oh, yeah, so. Base Cartel. That's a good crew. I mean, uh, some of those guys have been around since the original SC Velo U23 days. Mm -hmm. It was Monster Media, the first time you guys were in Cycle Predator. So I'm stoked to see that you've established a team with those same hitters from back in the day, mm -hmm. now doing stuff for yourself. Absolutely. So uh, what's kind of the partnerships you've got lined up for this year? Um, well, I mean, InCycle's been a partner of the team since day one. Thank you, InCycle. Nonstop. I mean, this wouldn't all be possible without their help. Um, then we also have Candel on board nice. for bikes. Everybody will be riding Synapses and Evos, so it doesn't get much more dialed than that. Oh, yeah. And um, we also have Angel's Creative Clothing, so local clothing company. It's good stuff. I've got two Angel's Creative kits. Big fan. Rad. Fit. Super nice. And, man, they look good, too. And so... Cannondale is hooking you up with both Synapse and the Evo. What's mm. the kind of difference? Like, which races you can use Evos for, or yeah. use the Synapse for? Um, we're gonna pr we're gonna ride the Synapses primarily at the gravel events. Oh, I'm yeah. gonna ride it at a lot of road races, and I'll probably ride it in the crits as well. I really enjoy the bike a lot, so it didn't it's, slow it's, you down. It's, it's no, it's, yeah. it's very versatile. <laughs> it's a very versatile bike. That's clean. So. But nothing's faster than that Evo. Mm -mm. Oh no. yeah, no. So it's, it's a weapon. Oh yeah, love it. It's a weapon. Um, wheels too. What are you guys running? The uh, we're wheels running, we're running Vision wheels this year. Ooh, nice. So we'll be all set up on both bikes with uh, Vision carbon clinchers. That's so awesome. Should be, should be a fast year. So I'm stoked. This is the first year. Um, where do you see it moving on into the future? Like, what's the larger goal of Los Angeles Bicycle Club? Oh well, I mean, long term, we would love to set up like a clubhouse and have a Zwift lab and have like a whole, I mean, essentially like all levels of teams underneath the pro team and give, yeah. give. Um, I mean, all the riders really like a pipeline and access to the entire way to the top, so. I'm glad you said that because we we're having a discussion on our ride about what's kind of been missing from cycling clubs and teams in general is one, the consistency and the ability for teams to be self-sustaining. You're mm -hmm. kind of dependent upon corporate sponsorship that is, you know, has limited commitment year to year and it leaves you guys scrambling. And so it's hard to build true legacy mm -hmm. when you have that kind of uncertainty. Well, I mean, when the name changes every year, you never build a legacy. You don't build fans. You yeah. don't build, you don't build community. And then to also start building that pipeline from the lower levels, because um, I think we were talking about like, why is it that there aren't as many Americans present at the higher level of the sport and you can get back to like well where's the development mm -hmm. and so i'm all on board for the idea of building that with los angeles bicycle club and getting riders who can buy in and be consistently part of this community have the resources and the support to move up and 
also have the guidance of like the pro level riders and the support staff like me at SoCal Bike PT helping them out. Like that's awesome and I can't wait to see how this year is gonna go for you guys. Yeah, it's really exciting. I mean, I feel that in the past USA Cycling has like done a good job at developing stage racers and climbers. Right. But they've kind of like turned a blind eye to most other like rider types, whether it be sprinters. Of course. So, I mean, you see a handful of good European stage racers that America has produced, but um, you really don't see many sprinters. So it's just, there's just a void and I don't think they're doing the job properly. So we're hoping to, hoping to bridge the gap. I love it. You see a problem and you, instead of just bitch and complain about it, you say, let's do something. I have vision. Let's go for it. Mad respect. And also you guys have one of the best sprinters in the country, if not the best sprinter in the country on your team, mm -hmm. Justin Williams. That's going to be exciting for next year. Yeah. It's always a blast racing. I mean, when you have a sprinter that fast, it's just an nace up your sleeve. So yeah. you can go into races and go full out and know that he'll be in the field ready to close the deal. Which is amazing. I've had a handful of occasions tried to follow him around and no. He's slippery. He's oh. like through. No, one, couldn't follow him through a gap. Uh -huh. Two, couldn't sit on his wheel. Three, just looked at me and was like, nah, man, this is you. Go mm -hmm. for it. I know my place. Sure. I'm going to sit a little further back in the field. Mm -hmm. You know, you guys garner that respect. And so what are the challenges moving forward this year with a brand new team that no one's ever heard of, but with some big hitters you have before? Uh, well, fortunately, we have a couple guys that kind of have ridden with like the system that we've used in the yeah. past. Um, Last year, I feel like on the silence team, we had things pretty dialed. So yeah. we didn't race a lot locally because we already had a fairly experienced group of guys. But this year, it's going to be completely different. So we're trying to teach a lot of guys like how to race a little bit differently. So we're yeah. going to race heavily locally in the beginning of the year. Right. And I mean, we're going to we're going to not get it right a few times before we get it right. But Fail is how you move forward, man. I love it. Yeah, but the bottom line is if we can't do it right at Brea, we'll never do it right at Tulsa. So oh, it, has to, it, has, it has to start somewhere. So we're starting in Brea. I'm looking starting forward to Brea. Brea's going to be fun. Yeah, the whole team will be there. Look for us. Yeah, I'll see you guys out there. That's going to oh, be yeah. awesome. So, man, Los Angeles Bicycle Club, LABC, uh, where can we follow you guys? Um, Los Angeles Bicycle Club on Instagram. Um, we'll have a website and everything soon. There's no content yet on the gram, but keep looking. It's fresh. I mean, this is, you know, today's what, January 4th. So, mm -hmm. you know, we're still in the first period of this, but it's yeah. looking good. So 33 days, 33 days. Not bad, man. You turned yeah. it around. You're getting pretty good. So um, enough about LABC for now. I want to talk a little bit about you and kind of your, uh, your, your history with um, some injuries you've had and kind of accessing physical therapy and how it's improved your riding ability and what you think of the value of that. Mm -hmm. So bring us back to when you, what you, what brought you in to kind of get care the first time. Um, well, the first symptoms I started feeling was I experienced like kind of tightness around the upper side of my knee, yeah. like where it attaches to the quad and um, kind of just gradually, I felt my leg just kind of gradually get tighter over, I'd say about six months. Yeah, yeah. So, and then I reached out to Tim because I didn't know who to turn to. I mean, the pain was never sharp. Yeah. But, and then one day I reached a point to where I didn't want to ride through the pain anymore. Right. So I reached out to Tim. He got me hooked up with Trevor at Form and Function. Nice. He, uh, he had my injury sussed out within about five minutes and he had my leg feeling better Good than man. I probably felt in like a year and a half. Absolutely. Very quickly. So I, I mean, physical therapy for me is crucial to just keeping my body, I feel centered. Yeah. I mean, my right hip is always tight. It's never not tight. Yeah. So I have like a nice little routine that I do where I help, where I feel like it really like kind of maintains it. Yeah. But there's no substitute for just like hands-on PT work in my opinion. But he made it a point to 
teach you some of the tools for self-management of this so that you weren't relying on him because you're you can't always be you're no. constantly traveling i mean last year you went to you know britain and, was, and utah and you're yeah. all over the place so you can't constantly months, see him. i was two months on the road last year like absolutely solid. So the so, importance of you know self maintenance and safe just mel- self maintenance is is key. It's crucial. Nice. So, um, how would you say you know that it, if you're having talking to writers like on your team or other people and they're kind of just like you know powering through these things? Like, what's your recommendation for incorporating physical therapy off the bike? Well, my history, yeah. I, I hadn't stretched for five minutes in twenty three <laughs> years. Twenty three years of my life, so I never stretched at all. So for me, it was kind of like a a self-discovery journey, if yeah. you will, because I, I was feeling these, I was feeling things, but I didn't understand how to interpret them. Of course. So it took me like, I had a session, then I started stretching and doing my exercises, and I started learning like what what works really well for me. So I mean, I'm looking back, I should have started seeing somebody before I even had any symptoms, just because I didn't realize how how much better you feel. I mean, like I feel, yeah. I feel peak performance like two to three days usually after. A Absolutely. Good treatment. Yeah, I mean, um, the prevention is the name of the game here. Too often, uh, people seek care or something when it's like way mm-hmm. too late. And part of what I'm trying to impart on people is when you're on the bike, feeling all these sensations and really getting to know what you're experiencing in your body and differentiating from what like true pain that there's a problem occurring is and then Mm -hmm. just like we talked about that discomfort like Mm -hmm. riding up a mountain sucks it's hard it's always gonna hurt we're going slow or fast doesn't matter but that's not the same as i have crazy sharp pain like someone stabbing me in my leg Mm -hmm. that's different maybe get some help yeah when it's just hard climbing you know just harden up and get up the hill Mm -hmm. power through it so cyclists are just a little sick in the beginning just just on the get-go so i feel like they have a hard time differentiating in between like good pain and yeah. bad pain. Yeah, true. D- yeah, d- uh, differentiating what, what is discomfort and you just need to learn to tolerate, mm-hmm. like we talked about, and then like, you know, ouch, come see me. What versus the alarm clock, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, true, absolutely. So <clears throat> anyways, um, that's awesome that you've been able to kind of mitigate some of these problems and keep your performance level high. Um, what are you um, excited about going into next year? I'm excited that my body feels good and yeah. I'm going forward. Um, I'm really excited to race with a new group of guys. I mean, yeah. We have some some of the old faces, like Justin and I have probably spent a year of our lives together, I'm willing to bet. <laughs> yeah. Probably 150 nights in the same bed together. Nice. So it's like I have, like, I got my rock there who I'll be on the road with, who nice. I've been with for a long time. But it's always fun to race with new guys. And we have a lot of really young guys on the team. So I'm excited to be able to kind of expose them to the next level of racing yeah. without killing them because I feel like there's a fine line in between going to races that are hard yes. and surviving versus going to races where you can actually do something at. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of guys, when they go from junior to under 23, they become obsessed with racing like NRC and, pro- and PRT level races. Right. And like an 18th place on a stage at Redlands is cool, but like winning three races locally is always better if that yeah. makes sense. So it's important to get the exposure at the big races, but you have to you have to win if that makes sense absolutely and you know we were talking earlier this opportunity with such um uh, an awesome squad of guys who are so relatively young athletes have a lot of mm-hmm. potential to continue on with this to um kind of indoctrinate them into this idea of taking care of your body off the bike and getting care from uh me and others to make sure that you can perform at that level because uh, you've seen this narrative too often people they get really good they stack performance on a dysfunctional system they become great racers and then you don't see them next year and you're yeah. like well what happened either it was injury or they got burned out because they went way too hard and they kind mm-hmm. of got forced into retiring and so 
I like that you're a little bit of uh, on the conservative approach there for longevity. Yeah, I mean, I've had a bunch of teammates who were really committed and really good bike riders, and I've watched them kind of give it up. Yeah. So, and I mean, for various reasons. So I just want to give everybody a really good opportunity to have a great experience and have a great year. I mean, I feel like this will be kind of unique because not many teams are like rider run. Yeah. So I feel like it gives me an interesting perspective oh, for sure. on the inside because I know what it feels like to sit in a van for three days and then get out and need to like go ride well in a race that night. Yeah, that's hard. And, and well, it's just it's just not it's not practical. No. So and if you want peak performance out of your athletes, you have to like look at them and think of them as human beings and like think about how you would yes. want to be treated. So I think that we're gonna I think we're gonna do really cool things and I'm really excited to race with all the guys. And I can't wait to help you guys out. I'm super excited. I've known all, almost all of you for years now, so it's pretty cool <laughs> to see you guys do running your own thing and being able to help with that. So uh, this break's been going for a while, mm -hmm. and it's uh, dwindled down to you and just a couple other people. But finally, we're hitting the feed zone, mm -hmm. so you get you get to you know saddle up with some goodies. So, what's your favorite on the bike treat? Um, cans of Coke. I can always drink. drink I can always drink cans of Coke. Um, I love it when they make us like the little sandwiches. Yeah. Um, like uh, Hawaiian bread with Nutella and peanut butter. Oh. And then I'm really big. Yeah. On, I'm really big on like gummies and blocks. Yeah, yeah. Like I love candy, so I'll, I'll just like shove a few of those packs down. So That's like awesome. for me, I'm not a. I don't eat three blocks now. Three blocks later, I eat like an entire pack of whatever I eat like at one time. I can attest to that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in the years I've been riding with you, I've seen you go through the phases of pop tarts that's, that, that's literally, always a good one yeah literally rip the package especially when you're balling on a budget and shove the whole pop tart in your mouth mm -hmm. crumbs flying everywhere hitting me and i'm like dang hunter's feeding right now this sucks i've also seen you pound slim jims yep we, we, we did baldy at a slim gym in my pocket once. yeah we did slim jim baldy one time it's always um, good gotta get the protein how did you notice that? Hey, you always just slam the whole thing in your mouth. Yeah. Some people are like, oh, I'm going to have one at a time. And you're like, no, let's get this over with. I like, move to, on. I like to feed once an hour. So once I, I, I'm not a grazer. I'm a, I'm a binger. <laughs> one I'm and a binger, done. So I'm just like, <laughs> just mow it down in one sitting. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, man. So obviously you're riding and training a lot and mm -hmm. racing is a huge part of your life. But if you're taking a break from riding, what's your favorite activity to do or thing you like to do to chill out? Ooh, um, I love being outside, so I don't hike as much as I probably would like to or should, yeah. but I love going up to Baldy and hiking like Ice House Canyon. Yeah. It's like, you know, there's just a different connection that you can achieve. Like you can just feel the, feel the energy of being outside and I just love it, especially being up there and alone. So what about up there when it's crazy icy and you're uh, plummeting? Yeah. It's scary. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, I'm glad you're safe. I remember you mm -hmm. told me a story about mm -hmm. being at Ice House Canyon and climbing with one of my crazy buddies. <laughs> we had no, no, no idea of like any avalanche safety <laughs> at all, and we just had the idea the night after a big storm up at Baldy to just go and see what's up, climb it. Yeah, so we loaded up the car at three o'clock in the morning, parked at Ice House at like three thirty, and then started ascending before the sun even came up. Yeah, because our goal was to be on the peak of Baldy before the sun even hit the top. That's awesome. So. I remember seeing a picture from that, and I was like, "What in? The, what are you doing?" But yeah. epic, My really cool. My legs were destroyed for a week. <laughs> I couldn't even ride. Couldn't ride for a week. Oh, that's nuts. That was horrible. Anyway, so um, the break has hit the feed zone. You fueled up. You pounded whatever you got here. I'm feeling good. So, it, are you? Are we taking the break into the sprint finish, or did you escape for them? You're riding solo. Oh, dude, I smashed the field. Like, you I'm, smashed I'm the field. Okay. So, solo, you're gone. Mm. You're rolling in. It's not a sprint finish. We're going to mm. call it solo finish questions. These are the big ones. All right. What's your most epic slash painful ride 
ever, and it can be a race. The hardest ride I ever did, I think, was with uh, Corinne Rivera and Wayne Stetna. We started off of Ortega Highway and descended down into like Fallbrook, and I didn't fill my bottles at the uh, at the stop, and I didn't have enough food. Okay. And it was like a six-hour ride. <laughs> I was like 18 years old, and uh, I died like three hours from the finish, and it's like an hour climb to get back to the car. Yeah. And it was just the worst day I've ever had in my life on a bicycle. <laughs> So it was unprepared, no bottles, no food, riding with I was just, crazy uh, good people. I was just young, young and yeah. ignorant. Young and oh. ignorant. I had no idea. Oh, that's rough. Full gas, I was pushing 150 watts, like as hard <laughs> as I could pedal. Oh, man. It wasn't that uh, first day of Tour Utah? That was brutal. Yeah. That was brutal. We were talking about that, but that's funny mm -hmm. that everyone has that epic ride that you would think it's that like big ride on your computer was like crazy miles, stuff like that. A lot of times it's that experience where you didn't have any food and you're in the middle of nowhere yeah i mean something. there's a difference at utah those are incredibly hard stages but we had a team car so i was eating and drinking properly yeah so i think that my i mean you have to learn how to eat properly and that, oh, was, that was before i learned how to fit a whole pop tart in my mouth i guess <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness so um at utah we're going back to that i remember so i was watching the tour of utah on the live feed i was at work it was slow and i was sneaking it right there and i'm watching and every time i was watching the race i'd see like Oh, there's Hunter. Cool. He's my silence bros. And then you're on the ground surfing your bike sideways. I was like, no. You'll have to post a link to the video. Oh, I will share the link with the video. I literally was like, <gasps> and I texted you. And I was like, dude, I know you just ate it. When you're okay, let me know. And you sent back a picture of your hand with most of the skin gone. And let me see. How's that scar looking right there? Look at that. Not great. So... No, That's got, a how fast were you going? We fell down. I was doing about 30. I was in the front of the race, and it was the only stage that had a flat start. Yeah. So our team was like, we have to. This was our breakaway day. Yeah. So we're all going full gas trying to get in the break, and I was just following a guy, and I'm sprinting, and my front tire just instantly is, psh, just loses like pressure just like that. That's what happened? Yeah. Oh, no. And then the next thing I know, like the bike just kind of slid out from under me, and the whole motion was very graceful. It didn't feel violent or anything. Oh, yeah. Sometimes when you crash, like you hit stuff and it's like, it hurts your insides, if that makes sense. Yeah. But this one, I just like surfed the bike, but the thing was my hand was wrapped around the handlebar. Yeah. I was on a chip seal road and I just rode like my hand oh. into the ground. I'll share the link to the video. It, I'm glad you're okay, but when you watch it in hindsight, you like go down mm -hmm. and you look like you're riding an inner tube yeah. as you spin around in slow-mo. Someone with a GoPro on the back of the bike caught it and you're like- Yeah, my, my, my teammate Andres Diaz. Yeah. Shout out to Columbia. Yeah, that was, anyways. Glad your hand's okay. Yeah. I was so worried about you, yeah, and you then you're back into You could see my tendons when I got off the ground. It was, uh, I thought it was my bone, and I looked at it, and I'm like, <gasps> I, get, I got all queasy. I almost passed out. Dude, the picture was gnarly. I was like, hi, are you okay? And you're like, yeah, I'm okay. No, the picture you sent me was scary. Yeah, it was, it was bad. That was rough. Was oh, anyways, <laughs> that was the most, those are painful, epic memories. Now let's talk about your favorite race. To either do or watch, probably to do, because you race bikes uh -huh. for a living. What's your favorite race? Um, my favorite race on the calendar. I mean, if I could win any one like this year, I'd like to win Crybaby Hill at Tulsa Tough. Yes. So for those who don't know, what's Tulsa Tough and what's Crybaby Hill? I know. I know it's awesome. What T is it? Tulsa Tough is the most badass three days of racing anywhere in America, in my opinion. It's epic. Um, college town. I mean, the first crit is like right outside of downtown. Wicked fast, like eight corners, one mile. Super high speed. And there's thousands of people packing the course. And what's yeah. crazy about the first night is it's twilight, and there's a, like a Oklahoma's like farm baseball team. Yeah, their stadium's a few miles outside of downtown. And every year, 
they do a fireworks display yeah and it starts around eight laps to go in the men's race so like you're riding along and then all and you're riding along like dodging shadows i mean you know how it is racing at night oh yeah and then all of a sudden like you just hear like boom it sounds like <laughs> it sounds like a tubular blowing up and then all you hear like guys crashing and carbon snapping and the thing that's crazy is like it's so dark and then when the fireworks go off the whole sky goes white like it's daylight your eyes like adjust to the brightness and then it goes back to dark again so it's really it's really funky and like because when they're when you're riding at night and there's lights the shadows kind of shoot on both sides of you so yeah a lot of times it feels like if you're going through a corner that somebody's like on your inside or on your outside oh wow so you kind of have to like just put your blinders up and not pay attention to the shadows that's because crazy. it doesn't always indicate that there's somebody there it could just be like a, a long shadow you know what i mean yeah because the videos i've watched that Corey, you know mm -hmm. at nation's number one beast those videos of tulsa are insane because it like, mm -hmm. starts off kind of light mm -hmm. then it's freaking dark yeah, yeah. then it goes in like the speed of light mm -hmm. then there's freaking fireworks yep. then there's thousands of people no other bike race has that no it just it just doesn't exist in bike racing it's no. not your industrial park crit with your mom watching it's not everyone exactly. that's day one that's day one day, day two day two is the first day where there's a bit of a hill it's uh the course is the shape of a capital l right um much heavier course on the legs it doesn't have as much flow in my yeah. opinion um breakaway can get away can be a field sprint um but the last day is like the mecca we this ride is up the this, one we ride up this little hill called crybaby hill and on crybaby hill there's like the most raging party you've ever seen in your life it's epic like people drinking beer there's a like stage with bands like djs it's just mega loud and uh, there's a bar that sponsors Tulsa Tough called the Sound Pony. Yeah. And all the employees from the Sound Pony, they come out and they wear referee shirts and um, they wear crybaby masks. And when the race is on the lower part of the course, people are like in the road partying, like turning yeah. up. And then when the race comes through, all of the people who work at Sound Pony, they do crowd control. So they like push everybody out of the road. And it's make insane. sure. So like literally there's just like a sea of people and then it parts like when the lead moto comes through. Yeah. And then you like just ride through this wall of sound. It is just unreal. It when I watch videos, it looks like freaking mosh pit crazy party music festival. Then mm. all of a sudden it parts and you have whole Peloton coming through. And then they close back up. Mm -hmm, exactly. And it's nuts. That's your favorite race? Yeah, I mean, I had, yeah, I had that's awesome. probably the best ride I feel like I ever had in my entire life there at Tulsa riding for a teammate. Um, Diego Sandoval, who's not on the team anymore, yeah. but he's still holding it down in Rosarito. He, uh, he was second overall in the Omnium, and there was one breakaway guy off the front. Yeah. And I went to the lap, or I went to the front and pulled for three laps, and I had a full blown like outer body experience <laughs> where I rode so hard where it felt like I was above myself looking down it. Oh man! Look, have you ever had that? No, I've uh, never been able to push myself that far. I guess. It was like a full blown. <laughs> and then I caught the guy, and Diego won. So, and it was like Dude, one of the sick. most fulfilling feelings I've ever had. Like as much as as much as winning a race is incredible. Like helping. Yeah. Being part of that is just as fulfilling in my opinion yeah i mean that's what being a team is all about like you want to be so you know with these guys that you know you'll smother the grenade for these guys yeah I mean, and you'll be there the way i look at it is if i can't win it i'm going to give somebody the best opportunity they can to win it i love that hence the difference between a collection of individuals mm -hmm, and a team and a true team lbc is going to be a good team I'm a really true excited. team so now that we're finishing this up with uh you know your years of racing experience and dealing with all these people and injury and all the hunter groveness that you bring with it. What's a piece of wisdom you'd like to impart to any listener now about life or riding or anything? Well, uh, two things. Okay. Before you learn to ride fast, you must learn to ride slow. 
That's yes. probably the most important piece of advice I can give anybody who wants to ride a bike fast. So real quick, elaborate on that. What does it mean? Well, I mean, riding fast is fun. Yes. But if you never recover from the efforts, you never achieve like your peak, your peak fitness. When you go hard, go as hard as you can. Mm -hmm. And when it's easy, go as easy as you can. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people, in my opinion, training-wise, they train medium too often and not yes. very hard and then very easy. They don't push the limits. They're mm -hmm. constantly in medium, mm -hmm. and I completely agree. What's the other piece? Uh, the other piece is life is about balance. Ooh. That's some deep stuff, man. So about balance. Look, well, I mean, it could be anything. Bicycles. I mean, relationships, life, work. I mean, you have to you have to yeah. balance it. I mean, you have like this world that's around you that's kind of like always moving and changing, and you have to figure out how to make it all fit and work in sync with each other. That is true. It's and it's it's funny because with the word balance, you inherently say that it's never perfectly stable. Because there's always a constant attention to leveling it out, whether that's... There, there's some inertia, though. There's some inertia, yeah. yeah. That's cool. Well, good, good thoughts from Hunter. Um, I'm glad you finally got on the podcast. We've been friends yeah, for... Stoked. We've been friends for a while now, and I've been happy to be a resource for you and looking forward to working with LABC next season. And I mm -hmm. um, just want to give a quick shout-out to InCycle for everything that they do in the in the cycling community sponsoring this podcast sponsoring the teams and just being a hub for all of us to make these kind of dreams happen so thank you guys thank you hunter for joining us where can we follow you on instagram or um, my handle for everything is at the letter s and then my name hunter grove yeah everything twitter Easy. instagram facebook for sure. And remember to follow at Los Angeles Bicycle Racing on Instagram and all uh, that stuff. Los Angeles Bike Oh my God, Los Club. Angeles Bicycle Club. Club. Forget that. Los Angeles Bicycle Club. I'm sorry. I'm still <laughs> dying from the Baldy ride we there just did. So <laughs> thanks for coming on. And I appreciate it. I'll see you next time. Thank you. As always, follow at SoCalBikePT on Instagram and Facebook. Be sure to subscribe and follow the SoCalBikePT podcast on SoundCloud and iTunes. See you at the next race.